Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good, Todd. Great. It's uh, it's February. Yes. It's it- uh, it's there's a podcast conference coming up. Yes, there <laughs> is. And uh, today we we we're joined by a guest, and uh, I'm you know it's nice to uh, have someone do some additional interjection. So. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Matthew. How are, how are you this morning? I am doing great. Thank you both for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So for those that don't know who you are, why don't you go ahead and give everyone the the 411? Sure. The quick elevator uh, pitch, yeah. as they like to say. <laughs> so my name is Matthew Passy. I've been a podcaster for about 12 years now. Started in radio, um, went on to work for Wall Street Journal and their podcasting unit for a long time. And then uh, after that, I've we got let go because, you know, some have said the radio business isn't quite as uh, thriving as it once used to be. Uh, so I went on to become my own independent podcast producer and consultant. And more recently, I teamed up with Joseph Berman to work on pod to pod which is a podcasting newsletter and resource website for ideally all things podcasting. Well, and, and you guys have... Uh been doing a great job and 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 i don't know where you guys are what, what bots you guys got running but you guys are doing pretty good on digging the news out <laughs> and, there are believe it or not there are no bots really that is that is joe is a podcasting hound he's got his feedly <laughs> set up and google news alerts and everything else and i've i'm saving stuff that i see on facebook and it is all human curation right now oh that's that's awesome so you know one thing that I've always done for my tech show prep is I run about 400, uh, I have a Feedly account and I pull about 400 RSS feeds and um, there's always, you know, there's always enough in that stack to find, but you guys are, it's been really good because I'm like, where did that source come from? <laughs> so yeah, he's doing good on his, uh, whatever he's doing, he's he's digging it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm. Well, plus also, I think over time, people learn about your site and submit stuff to you too, I would think. So are you starting to get a lot more stuff uh, kind of given to you, as they say? We are, yeah, we are starting to find that some people have, uh, you know, emailed us and said, hey, I think this might be a good submission. Or, you know, once we sort of make a connection with someone, then we'll put them into the Feedly account and then we'll start to see what they're producing on a regular basis. So you know, mm-hmm. they don't even have to bug us anymore. We'll just, you know, look for it ourselves and include it. Yeah. So those awesome. of you that, that haven't, and you know, if you're, we, we've been talking about pod to pod on this show for a long time, but if you're, if you're a podcaster and looking for, you know, a lot of the latest news going on, that's definitely a great website to go over and, and, uh, and pull stuff. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I've been remiss. I haven't been over in a few days and, so today, Rob, I am I am more underprepared than I have ever been. So we'll see if I can <laughs> if I can pull anything out of my butt this morning and uh, make us <laughs> do a good show. But uh, definitely wanted to take some time this morning and talk about anything that's going on in the space. And but uh, Rob, I from last week, I I'll tell you the calls continue. And this it's it's weird how themes develop. Um. Corporate clients wanting complicated solutions, and um, it, it's it's running the gambit. And uh, <laughs> I'm having to send my dev team off to do homework, you know, and figure out how much is this going to cost to do, you know. So uh, this it's I'm not getting calls 
like asking for simple stuff anymore. It's like complicated in, you know, solutions. So people are really, I think this is like the third week in a row I've mentioned it, but it's been like the third week in a row I've had like in-depth calls with companies. It's, it's kind of crazy. So, so they're probably look, looking for easy to use tools, right? That have all the capabilities they can monetize and do all sorts of stuff. I would imagine, right? It, it's a lot about uh, internal stuff, about being able to do internal oh, oh, corporate time, yeah, kind of stuff. corporate internal okay. training, uh, private feeds. Uh, you know, it, it's authentication. I mean, it's uh, oh yeah. I have uh, a potential client that's talking about doing that. They wanted to do their. Uh, you know, the, basically the corporate compliance stuff they want to do through a podcast instead of sending out the boring newsletter and blogs that they say nobody reads. They want to try have it a little more, you know, spice it up with a podcast. Right. You know, the, in, you know, and it, even to the point where, and maybe it goes back to this corporate compliance stuff. Uh, did they listen to it? You know, and I'm getting those kind of <laughs> questions. I'm like, um, you know, and there's certain ways we can implement that. And I'm like, it's maybe not going to be truly a podcast. Uh, if you want to guarantee that they've, you know, an absolute guarantee that they've listened. Um, but I, I, as I told one of the guys on the phone, I said, you know, you, they can still hit play and still walk away, <laughs> you know? So, um, so I, you know, yes, we can tell that they've, you know, done a certain level of, of listening, but boy, oh boy, it's, it's been surprising to me, but it's, it's good. Those type of things make us all think, you know, and think out of the box a little bit. And, and you know, those tools will ultimately probably spread back into the space. So really, in a lot of ways, Todd, what you're talking about there isn't really podcasting. It's it's just creating audio content that can be shared on a corporate network. Um, and they think that podcasting might be the solution to that. Well, they still want to be able to subscribe and, uh, you know, do everything they can in a you know, on, on an Android app and said, we don't want to tell them what app to use. And, you know, and, uh, and it gets more difficult when you're adding this layer of, uh, authentication in where, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. especially if it's not just straight, like username, password, where it's something special and a token mm-hmm. key or something like that being used. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. You know, they, they may yeah. not like the price, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, you know, you're asking for, you know, a project that's 40 or 50 hours worth of code work, uh, or maybe even more, you know, that, uh, that's a, it's a pretty good project. So, mm-hmm. but that's what we're here for. That's what we do. So we'll see. But, yeah. you know, Rob, I don't know if in, in Mike, Matthew, I almost called you Michael, Matthew, uh, we're just also one thing that we continue to see is, um, and, and the reason I tuned into it was Mike, our support guy, you know, I call him every day and I, I asked him, I said, what's going on? You know, what's kind of running through? It seems like support stuff runs in themes. And, um, so, um, it's hard to judge a person's age by the, uh, um, by the voice, you know, you really can't tell, but, uh, Mike seems to see, think that we're getting a lot more millennials that are calling and asking questions. So I thought, Oh, this is interesting. So, you know, he made a note of it twice this week. So, um, I don't have anything of proof. This is just kind of like, you know, uh, by the seat of our pants type of a call, but, uh, and Mike seems to think there's an influx of millennials right now into the podcasting space. And I just, 
I don't know what what that means numbers wise or percentage, but we're noticing it. He, at least Mike's noticing it in support calls. Do you mean that yeah. from the like those corporate calls you were talking about, or just regular no in general? Subscribers yeah, and yeah, in general. Well, these would be you know new podcasters. Um, that are yeah, com- I've been seeing the same thing, Todd, for probably a good six months to a year. Is definitely a a movement towards you know younger millennials getting involved at podcasting at some level, creating content. Um, I mean, I'm working with a network on Spreaker that's uh, that's definitely targeted toward millennials, and they've been growing and doing well. So I think that that is a, a, a growing area for the medium, and I think it speaks well for the future of the medium that it basically is reaching that generation. Uh, I think you know, I mean, we still need to get the Gen Xers in here, but... Um, that's the that's the younger ones beyond the millennials, but um, but that you know, like we've always said on this show, the good thing about people is that they do get older, and I think that uh, listeners to podcasts do tend to be a little on the a, a little older. So one, and I, I, I would agree with that too. It just um, I think you know the reason why you're starting to see more millennials interested in producing content is you've had a few millennial-driven brands diving into the space. You know, BuzzFeed. Yep came out with their podcast, I think we're talking close to six months ago now. And so that probably attracted more people to try out podcasts. And now they're thinking, wow, this is fun and I can produce it too. So maybe that, you know, it's just sort of part of that progression that has now led more of them to say, I can jump in this space as well. Yep. But it's also very, very different content too. I mean, those folks uh, produce very authentic and raw and, and funny content. I mean, it's, it's humorous and it's entertaining, but the big key difference is that it's very raw and it's very, uh, you say authentic and truth based, uh, almost, almost to the point of, uh, of, um, n- not very politically correct. If you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> almost like their social media usage. That's, you know, they, they just yeah. love to pick up yeah. their phone and start talking right away. And they're not thinking about production value and lighting and they're doing it from their car. And, you know, it's just, it, this yeah. is the generation that when they have something to say, they're just going to turn on their their device yep. and say it. They're not, you know, they're not all set up with fancy studios, right? And one, um, and you know, so how, so what's the scientific way we're determining this? <laughs> Mike, Mike says it's based on the questions he's being asked. Um, you know, give him the answer, and it's like, why? Why is it like that? Or how come? Or Usually, challenging everything. Yeah, yeah, challenging everything. Why? Why? Why does it need to be like that? And it's you know, it, <clears throat> well, it can, it can be frustrating. <laughs> kind of sounds like you're dealing with three year olds. Why? Well, why? Why? <laughs> um, I I would never make it. You know, if I did our own support, um, I would be fired uh, within about three hours. <laughs> because it would be like, cause I. Say it so, you know. That's right. It's always been that way. Yeah. You know, we walked up, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I tell Mike, I said, you know, take when they're questioning that, when they're saying why, I want to hear about that. You know, that to me, you know, if we're smart, we'll we'll listen to them, and and if they're, you know, if they're making a a valid point, you know, I want to look and say, is you know, what we've been doing, does this fit? Does this make sense? And is the question of them asking why valid so i'm not discounting them at all and 
And, <laughs> and I yeah. told Mike to write that down, and Mike's like, oh, okay. <laughs> hey, both of my kids are millennials, so sure. they they uh, they definitely like to break the mold of what you um, do in life and expect of life and want out of life. You know, it's it's uh, they're always challenging every every assumption that um, us older generation makes about what's what makes sense and what what works because what worked for us doesn't necessarily work for them and how their brain works. So they're going to be a little bit more um, creative uh, and more kind of uh, thinking along the lines of creating their own businesses. And I think um, and I think a lot of that comes from that generation has had a difficult time creating careers for themselves and don't really want to follow in the, you know in the footsteps of of necessarily going to college or necessarily even, um, following the rules. They want to create their own rules. You know, and it's, when you make changes, it's, it's risky, you know, and I had, um, we're getting not this upcoming release of power press, but probably the next one we're going to be doing a, I mean like a major, (laughs) major revamp of the GUI and it's time it's needed, but I'm just, um, I'm also at the same time, you know, we're kind of having like this internal fist fight on how it would, you know, how it's going to be laid out and in the flow and trying to make it smarter and easier. And I'm really, I'm all about this trying to make it the easy button and not making it too complicated. But you know, when you, when you have uh, so many options, you know, and it's based upon podcasters wanting, uh, you know, the ability to do a taxonomy, to be able to do categories, to be able to do custom feeds, and you just, you know, this list of stuff that's baked into the system, the average new podcaster that comes in, you just want them to be able to click, 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 and be done. Um, and so, you know, we're having this internal discussion, and, you know, and it's heated, but it's 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 professional to a, to a point. <laughs> well, and I think the, the PowerPress plugin sort of does a nice job of saying, when you first sign up, it says, you know, do the quick and dirty installation right. or the, you know, and I think making that available to everyone is, is the right way to yeah. do it. Give those people the easy. quick, easy. I just want to sign up and the, no, I really want to customize. I really want yeah. to go through every option. But even that we, we got to fix it. We got to clean up the menu. And, uh, so I told, uh, you know, Angela, I said, this is going to be extended beta. I want to turn this loose to, we've got probably about 200 people that do, you know, our beta testing. And I said, Turn it loose, loose to them and set up a separate group and we'll, <laughs> we'll take the feedback from there. Because if I just cut this thing loose on the community at large without really having the user base touch it, or at least the beta testers, then, you know, our phone's going to ring off the hook for three weeks or a month. So, um, you know, it's a big risk to make a big change. And, um, but, it, you know, sometimes you have to kind of, you know, throw the, you know, the baby out with the bathwater because you just have to, it's time to make the move. So. Um, so it'll be fun. And I don't have a timeline for that if anyone's asking, but, uh, uh, we're probably going to kick a small update out here shortly, but this interface changes, you know, going to assume a lot of my time here in the next month, I'm sure. But, you know, maybe the millennials can help us with that change, you know, <laughs> you know, these are these questions. Why I'm like, okay, is that, is it a valid? Why? Yeah. So, um, I guess, Rob, uh, anything has come to note for you this week that you've kind of set you back on your heels at all? Oh, I'm just, uh, 
I mean, if I go to pod to pod and kind of look what's going on there and, and Matthew can really talk about that kind of stuff too, just the, the, the flow of stories and what he's seeing as far as trends of, of, um, topics and what people are talking about out there. I know we have PodFest coming up, um, at the end of the, the month, I'm going to be down there Todd, you're going to be there as well. And, and I'm assuming Matthew, you're going to be there. I will um, be there this year. Looking forward to uh, seeing you again, Robin, and meeting yeah. you in person. Finally, Todd. So I'm curious what what everybody thinks about that event. Um, I, it feels like it's going to be maybe the second most important podcasting event in the country. Is is that an accurate accurate assessment of that that event? I'm getting the sense that it is growing and becoming more and more important. Um, that. Chris and the gang down there are doing a really good job of creating a, a community feel, a close, intimate event feel, but still opening up to more and more people. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to a podcast movement, so I'm only speaking from what I've heard from others, but I'm starting to get the sense that that is a little bit more about the names and the personalities and attendance and less about the attendees. And so I think Chris really wants to be focused on the attendees and making sure that they are getting the value and not that their name is getting the value. I think it's also just exciting that their uh, documentary is going to debut at this conference. I think that's going to be a a nice, fun you know piece of news for the entire podcasting ecosphere when that breaks. I haven't been to a podcast yet, so I'm you know the, the way the conference is laid out is a little different. So I'm sure. I'll have commentary after I get back. You know, Rob and I are not <laughs> shy in sharing our thoughts about um, about events. So uh, you know, you know, we uh, we took the the podcast uh, movement folks to task quite a bit the first year, and and we didn't really take them to task. We just made suggestions, right? I guess. I think, uh, yeah, I think it was more just giving them feedback. Um, I think all of us. I mean. I mean, you and I and Rob Walsh were very supportive of the event because we saw the yeah. potential of it. Um, but yeah, th- there were some pretty big concerns around the direction of that event, and I think that they they've changed course and turned it into a you know a really interesting event uh, that's growing and having an influence on on the space. And it came just in the nick of time for uh, for the decline of the podcast expo. Um, so. If that hadn't come up at that time, we probably wouldn't have as big of an event as we have now. I I think the only worry I have on PodFest is that it, um, I think they started planning and not thinking national, more regional. And it's it's now definitely getting a more national people coming. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that they have, um, and, and this will grow if the, if this, if the conference grows that it, and, and he'll, they'll have to look at their attendance and where they came from. But, um, it, it still to me has a little bit of a regional feel. Um, mm-hmm. and I would hope that yeah. he'd be able to grow that into more of a, a national feel. And he, you know, if he's going to do that, he has to look a little bit beyond, you know, the inner circle. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, going in with eyes wide open and I'm sure we're going to have a great time. But, uh, um, I think we all want a second national conference, but, uh, um, 
I don't know, Rob. What 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 do you think? Well, I do see what you're saying, and I I do think if you compare the two events, you compare podcast movement to to this this podfest. Uh, I think you will see probably a a more representative cross section of the of all parts of the podcasting space at podcast movement, and I don't know that you're going to see that at podfest yet. Um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of public radio people there. I don't think you're going to see there's going to be missing genres there or missing segments of the space. I think podcast movement has been successful in, in tapping into most of the major communities, um, that, that really other events really haven't been able to accomplish. But, you know, that said, we have to give credit where credit's due. They, they're yeah. definitely, you know, if this, if we're it's, thinking that PodFest is going to be, has a potential to be the second national conference, then. Well, I think it already is, Todd. I can't think of another one that's, that's more significant. All right. Can you? Um, no, At, but I just prelay that with, I think, I don't think they realized it was going to get as big as it has gotten. So. Yeah. I'm sure the focus will expand a little bit next year, uh, speaker lineup and that stuff. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Matthew, uh, what's your thought of it? Do you agree with what we're saying or do you, do you take a different, different take on it? The one thing I, I mean, having spoken to Chris just last week about it, um, he, he does want to make sure that it's not just the, Florida Podcast Association's conference and that everybody else is sort of invited mm-hmm. in to check that out. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. It is the first time that it really, I think, is getting a lot more national attention. And so there could be a little bit of a, a learning curve, a, you know, a few baby steps here and there. Yeah. But uh, Chris is a, he's a smart guy. He really, he, he, he's built a few very successful brands and he's very conscientious of what, you know, he needs to do in order to make this successful for everybody attending not just the inner circle so i i have a feeling it's going to go off pretty smoothly from the attendee standpoint um you know that being said i'm sure the people who are running it they'll be running around frantically and and, and you know they'll be finding different things that they need to tweak for next year but uh, I, i'm pretty hopeful that it's going to be good i mean i i remember already at some of the other more regional events i went to people talking about checking it out last year um, and not being from Florida and saying that they did a really good job. So I, I think they have the potential to uh, really, really impress most of the attendees this year. And it's, you know, it's easy for me to second guess. And I haven't been to one, so I really can't say anything, you know. So like I said, I'm just going to we'll go and, and participate. And, uh, and you know, they've been great. Um, I do think that uh, as they grow, they're, you know, probably gonna have to put some more systems in place for communications and that kind of stuff. But other than that, I think that, uh, you know, they're, and you know, these, I think probably Chris has a regular full-time job too, I'd imagine. So I'm sure he's got his hands, you know, doubly full on, uh, on putting this event on. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be down there, but, uh, I did, uh, have, a. Got my, you know, obviously got my airline tickets booked, so I'm coming in a, a day or two early and going to hang out with my daughter in Tampa. So I'm looking forward in more than one way. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very yeah. nice. So we've, uh, Rob, um, 
I guess what else have you been seeing in the news? Kind of off uh, my game here a little bit. Sorry. That's okay. Did, you, uh, no, that's did either of you guys check out the Daily from the New York Times yet this week? Well, I I don't listen to New York Times podcasts, but no, I I haven't. Is there, okay. what, what did they what 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 are they doing with that? Uh, they they announced that they're trying to come up with this daily podcast and sort of run through the the news of the day so that you wake up with this fifteen to twenty minute podcast and get a sense of what was going on in the world. Uh, I listened to it. I think I think I listened to it all five days this week. Um, I I actually was hoping it would have a little bit more breadth that they would cover more topics, um, and it seemed like they really sort of drilled down on just one or two. And you know, given where we are in the world today, a lot of those topics were our president and mm-hmm. and some of the moves that they've been making. Um, so it I, I like the idea though of more daily you know, wake up and listen news podcasts. And I I was just hoping this one would have a little bit more of everything, you know, tell me what, tell me the big headlines in sports from last night, you know, tell me what happened in entertainment world. Um, you know, don't just drill down on the, the SCOTUS pick for 15 minutes with four different interviews on the same thing. You know, that's, that is, that is more just a, a New York times editorial than a, a, you know, a look at the news itself, you know, less of a, that that doesn't feel like a daily look at what's going on. Was it a rundown or did they actually have interviews and opinion? How did it, you know, what was the format? It really was mostly just uh, interviews. Uh, the host talks for, you know, a few minutes on what the topic is. And, you know, I want to say like the, one of the good ones they were talking about, uh, and hopefully I'm not confusing my uh, pod save America with the daily right now, <laughs> but one of the big ones was uh, the SCOTUS pick and, so they would go through and they they would have a few interviews with different people that you know may have interacted. Uh, one of the good ones they interviewed the uh, CEO of Hobby Lobby, and the CEO of Hobby Lobby actually had his case about uh, healthcare and defense of the Affordable Care Act and um, contraception heard by uh, the the nominee. And so getting his take was sort of interesting, but I I think it went on just a couple of questions too long or i i don't know again i i was just hoping for a little bit more breadth of topics I, I didn't get a rundown i got this is what we're talking about and here's three interviews lined up and here's you know new york times law editor here's new york times a uh, beat reporter and here's a you know special guest kind of a thing right well that's you know i i have a tendency and i don't rob i don't know if I don't listen to many national, I don't, you know, I've always said on this podcast, I don't listen to NPR podcast and I don't listen to, you know, a lot of mainstream. I listen to indie podcasts or podcast. So I don't know. I just uh, am never, because, you know, that's who we service largely is independent podcasters. So I listen to their shows. Uh, Rob, do you, you, you sample some of these national shows? I'm not in a, no, not often. No, I mean, I mean, occasionally I'll listen to something that's, that's new that comes out. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, a lot of those shows are pretty much in the same format and the same concept. And, and I guess, I mean, if you're really attached to a particular brand, like the wall street journal or the New York times or whatever, um, then I think you'll, you'll have an affinity for these because I mean, I'm assuming that most of these shows are being, being hosted by people that are writing articles for those publications. Um, maybe not, but, um, I, I would imagine. Plus I also, you know, 
uh, Matthew, I wanted to talk a little bit about the these these big media companies that are getting into podcasting. Yet. I mean, many of them started out um, doing podcasts in the early days of the podcasting space um, back in the 2006 to 2009 timeframe. A lot of them jumped in. Um, and then like in the 2010 timeframe, 9, 10, a lot of them decided to jump out. Um, but now it seems like there's this kind of this flood of, of all these brands getting back into it, producing a lot of new shows. Um, what's your thought on that, that, that process that the, these big media companies have gone through in support of podcasting and, and why the big uh, rush to get back into it now? Um, and do you think it's, it's, um, it's working for them now? I, I would say, you know, when they did it the first time, they probably just followed the, you know, this is what we might put on the radio and we're just going to make it available in, in digital mm-hmm. download. And um, it, you're right. It, it was not that interesting. It maybe showed that they were innovative by doing podcasts, but a lot of them were not hugely successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you have now is a follow the leader kind of trend going on where one brand does podcasting, makes huge waves, huge headlines. You know, NPR is a good example. A lot of what their yeah. programming uh, is doing is is obviously getting a lot of attention. And so now they're scrambling to catch up and jump on. I will say what I'm finding is that a lot of those brands who are jumping back into it are at least jumping back into it with the right mindset. They, they might not get the execution right you know, in their first go around and in their Mm -hmm. first couple of shows, but at least they're coming to the table and saying, this is a intimate media. You know, this is not a megaphone. This is talking to individual people and we want to focus on telling good stories and, and really getting in depth with what we're able to talk about. Um, I also think they're doing a good job of breaking molds, trying to have interesting formats and mm-hmm. not just following a, a template, the, you know, the radio clock, so to speak, um, to yeah. produce their content. Uh, but you know, it's like you said, I think if you're a fan of the wall street journal, you're going to listen to wall street journal podcast. If you're a yeah. fan of the New York times, you're going to listen to them, you know, mm-hmm. listen to, to their stuff as well. Um, I still think the, the best content the most interesting, the most innovative stuff are coming from, as you both said, you know, independent, smaller, uh, you know, newer brands that are willing to break the mold, try something completely new, throw something against the wall, um, you know, tweak it and mm-hmm. and really just explore something that hasn't been tried before. Hey, just for those of you on YouTube, if you're experiencing uh, stream degradation, you can always join us at facebook.com forward slash Cochran. So we're noticing on Facebook today they're having a little bit of a, a time with the stream. So just to let you know that if it's cutting out a little bit. Um, <clears throat> one thing that, uh, you know, I think for me, what, what you know, what my, pro- what my problem is just personal. I, I just am so anti-established media. <laughs> You know, it's just, that's, that's, that's fair. It's a hundred percent fair. You know, all of it, you know, and, uh, cause it's, you know, it's all a bunch of crap at this point. And, um, you know, I, I think we find, you know, podcasters, at least, you know, that, uh, the person has an opinion and, uh, it's just out there in front and, you know, in the news, they try to be slick, you know, and, 
and we're just like little sheeps, you know, we follow along with whatever they say and, you know, and it gets everybody in this whipping frenzy. So, um, it's just, uh, you know, all of those organizations, they can just, I'm not, I'm not watching it or listening to it, you know? (laughs) <laughs> the one thing I, I will say, so Gimlet Media just announced that they had to shutter another one of their podcast projects, and they specifically cited that they were having, um, you know, they, they didn't have the resources to manage that kind of editorial load. And so the one thing that I think is nice is that the Times, the Journal, Fox, you know, all those different brands, because the podcast isn't their only revenue model, they have the infrastructure to get a little bit more in depth to support sending journalists, you know, across the world and doing, you know, deeper reporting, longer assignments. So there, there can be a good, um, there can be some good to having some of those mainstream, uh, companies doing this as long as they embrace that real intimate, organic, non, you know, the media feel it, to what they're putting I, I, out there. I think yeah. anytime someone is, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so disenchanted with the entire traditional media space, you know, and I, you know, I look at what the, um, what the white house did and I have to congratulate new tech for getting a talk show into, uh, into the white house and bringing in those Skype interviews and, and they paid attention the first day and I don't know what they've done follow on, but you know, they had, um, a radio guy on, they had a couple of reporters from small news stations and they even had, um, a semi-professional blogger that was on, and was able to ask questions. And I think, I really think that, uh, they're onto something there and, you know, say what you will about the politics, uh, that that's, that's for a political show, but their, their willingness to open up to, you know, someone outside of just the AP and Fox and CNN and, you know, where people can ask questions, you can take it for what it's the answer for whatever it's worth anyway, but you know, at least they're <laughs> willing to have other people come in. So I think that's a good sign. I don't know long-term if it's going to make a change, but you know, imagine the first podcaster that's going to be able to get on a white house briefing and, uh, on Skype and, you know, score himself, a a question or two. And I, I, I think that's exciting from, for the space and, uh, we'll see if it happens. I don't know what the vetting process is to get in over there and how that's going to work. But, uh, um, and, and, and well, another thing is can be dangerous too, at the same point is they can, they can cherry pick who they allow in on that Skype connection. So we'll, we'll see what, uh, what develops, but, um, um, I'm, I'm more happy for new tech for getting a talk show in there than anything else. Well, Todd, I think, you know, what you're seeing there, I, th- I think, you know, with the new administration is a desire to have a direct channel with, um, the, the American people, right? Um, they don't necessarily want to have what they put out run through the traditional media filter that, uh, it doesn't always put it in the best light for them. Well, they so don't it, always put it in the best light for themselves. So, you know, well, it works I mean, two ways. I mean, there is kind of this this battle between this administration and traditional media that exists. I mean, one side's bashing the other one, the other side's bashing the other one, you know, so, uh, you know, there's been a direct path, right. That's been established. Twitter was being, you know, that's being used. There's direct communication. So I think maybe what you're seeing there is, uh, maybe that the white house will embrace podcasting more than even what Obama did just because 
he wants to establish that direct communication pathway. Um, well, one, so thing, I don't know. one thing we can be guaranteed, it won't be scripted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though I have to say, uh, he's been, the, the president's been reading more off a teleprompter than uh, he was in the past, well, I have I, to say. Yeah. But, you know, going yeah. back to the podcasting part of it, you know, I, you know, I, I think at least when I listen to a podcast, you, it's very, very clear, especially on political shows, you know, which side of events people are on. And at least, you know, it straight up that this guy's biased. You know, it's a biased opinion. It's a personal opinion. So that's what you tune in the podcast for. So that's the entertaining value of it. But when, you know, it, it, where I allow that to happen in a podcast, I'm not necessarily wanting to hear that on the news, <laughs> you know, on a TV when I flip on a, you know, something network or whatever. But anyway, so yeah, we'll see what well, happens. It's an exciting time to be in the new media space. So, I mean, that's the, the other big, you know, new show news that seemed to be popping out the last few weeks has been the whole Pod Save America show with Crooked Media and their quick rise to getting a million downloads uh, and okay, you know, huge numbers. Let's, let's, whenever a podcast says we've hit a million listeners. <laughs> downloads. No, I, I'm pretty sure they said downloads, but they, I hear what you're saying. Okay. Whenever they've had, when they've said they've had a million listens, um, I'm like, who, by who's measuring that? <laughs> And I went over to their website, and I just I just have to throw this out. And first of all, I couldn't believe it. Some company that they're working with has absolutely, totally, it appears to me, like duplicated the um, SoundCloud uh, player. They couldn't even get more original than that. So a little dig in on the player. But um, the, uh, you know, I see who's hosting their media. I'm like, okay, a million, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So is so who is hosting those guys? Art nineteen. Oh, okay. All right. So okay, a million. I will. We'll, you know, we're going to go with that and say that's what you've had. And congratulations if you if you have. But um, you know, no one will. I mean, they don't. You know, Art nineteen. I'm sure will third party verify that. <laughs> well, so so let's let's take the number with a grain of salt. Um, or an entire shaker of it, if you must. Sure. And uh, <laughs> if if that number is true, though, well, that is, you know, what they did is, you know, sort of what you said. Their their viewpoints are very clear. All these guys were, you know, they worked in the White House under Obama, and they are building this media company on their own, and they're just doing their own thing, and and they've had immense success, which I think speaks to what you're saying that people they want to know where their opinions are coming from. Um, you know, keep your news over here in the news and let me get my opinions from, you know, other sources. Well, it'd be interesting is if, uh, you know, because typically, and don't, no one take this the wrong way, typically left-leaning shows have had very little success. So we'll see where I, this goes. I, it, I, that's, I had a chat, I can't remember the guy's name, but somebody else who did a left-leaning web stream and podcast for a long time. And it, it had to do with the fact that of liberals don't, tend to consume media like they don't seek out media to confirm their their feelings their opinions right um whereas that tends to be the case with conservative media you know that's a people who tend to watch fox they want to hear somebody tell them that what they're thinking is correct and and that's fine but i think what you're seeing now is because of the the divide the shift the the sort of political activism that is feel so necessary from the left uh you are going to see 
sort of that Fox mm-hmm. News, Tea Party, conservative surge that has been so prominent in media over the last 15 years, I think you're going to see that a lot on the left in the, over the next five to 10. And it, it'll be interesting to watch because, you know, also, too, what's happened is that, and, and I have to chuckle, be honest with you, and, and it's just from a, you know, I, I, it's, it's very ironic is when, uh, you know, from the going back to like the White House thing, when the President Obama was in, he would never call on Fox. And now <laughs> the Trump administration, and they won't call on CNN. So it's uh, it just like, you know, they're complaining. I'm like, it's just politics, you know, come on, figure it out. But uh, so anyway, we'll see what happens. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting, and it'll, it'll even be even more interesting if Pod Save America is able to get in and ask questions during a White House briefing. That would even be even more fun. So yeah, and yeah. I mean, what's <laughs> and what's funny about that is I've never thought of, and maybe I'm incorrect, but I've I've never really thought of CNN as being a left leaning network. Oh, come on, <laughs> Rob, where have you been? Communist News Network, the Clinton News Network. Come on. No, I, I oh, I'm sorry, oh my I, God. See, I, I've I always, watched CNN and uh, I, I agree, Rob. I don't think they were the ones that were obsession. trying to stay in the middle. Oh no, 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 no. Van Jones I, and all. Oh my, no. I, I well, agree, of course. Rob, I, I mean, there's, there's conservatives that are on the MSNBC side too. So, yeah. I mean, it's <clears> just because you have, liberals on one side or conservatives on one side doesn't mean the whole network is in, that way. In all honesty, though, I think that yeah. uh, because there's been a change of the guard at Fox, I think you'll see Fox going more left. So it's it'll be fun to see. It's going to be yeah, fun to watch. I mean, <laughs> but I think most conservatives think that the CNN and MSNBC are left. I think yeah. that's the general opinion. That I That is true. Conservatives yeah. tend to think CNN is left-leaning, yeah. whereas I think even left-leaning folks don't believe CNN is that yeah. liberal. Yeah, but I must admit, during their election night coverage, they they did a pretty good job doing staying neutral. It's semi-neutral, but you know they they actually did a pretty good job. I was actually impressed on their election night coverage. And I, you yeah, know, I I'm, think it, I'm not often to give anyone any credit for anything. So. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that they're. I mean, it's like uh, it's almost like it's bad now to be considered to be kind of in the middle, right? I mean, it's like you have to be on one side or another. Um, I mean, well, I hope that's I mean, not true. Does that make sense to you guys? I mean, it feels like that's the culture and that's the climate today is that you have to be on one side or the other. Well, you it's, can't be kind of, kind no, of it's independent been, or in the middle. Well, what it is is, well, anyone that's on the right is vilified. You can't even admit yeah. that. No, it's, it's the point where, well, they're, you know, they're a, uh, let's What's on the other side? Too, not even right. It's, it's once you once you pick a side on a specific topic. Yeah. Like yeah. let's say I say I'm you know I'm I'm against gun control. All of a sudden I get painted as a conservative. Right, right, that right, must right. mean that I voted for Trump. Right. Even though to me it's yeah, yeah. it's that's just one issue. So yeah. And if well, you're and it's a very slippery sides, slope. Yeah. To yeah. I mean if on on one issue if you're judged to be one side or the other I think, and. I think yeah. keep bringing it back to the podcast side so we don't turn into a political show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, the good thing about podcasting is there's content there for everyone. And these folks at yeah. Crooked Media, they're definitely going to be, you know, to give uh, some alternatives for folks. So it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good, uh, um, it's a good thing because guess what? We, no one, this is the beauty about podcasting. And this is what I've said before. It's the evolution of media. It's not a revolution. It's evolution. You know, and yeah, we've been able to 
you know, in other countries, you'd get shot, you know, if you were running a show like that. So um, just the simple fact that we can do it and we can say it and we can express our opinions no matter which side you're on, um, you know, you can be part of the tooth fairy uh, um, you know, political party. And it, it doesn't matter. It's it's all good. And um, I just think that uh, that's the beauty of podcasting. So I, I, I think we're going to see more stuff like this. So it's good. Yeah, it's it's very good. I think even some report about China, like they can't get a podcast, you know, surge going in China. And it probably is because of what you said. You're not allowed to just talk about whatever you want in certain places. Well, We're think, here. If you want it, whatever you want to talk about, you can do it now with with the podcasting. You are you can be your own media brand well, I'm and gonna, talk about what you want and how you want to do it. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of podcast consumption in China. And people, you know, there's this thing about it. People are that great firewall is not keeping all the content out. If you look, you know, we look at <laughs> the national or uh, international statistics, they're right up there in the top five. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's expats coming in, uh, but you're right as far as, of course, I don't speak in Chinese uh, or Mandarin or, you know, it, or it, Cantonese. Yeah. Or so, you know, I really can't tell how much actual content is out there. I can tell you that. Um, there is quite a bit, but I have no idea what they're, what the hell they're even talking about. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you just look generally across podcasting around the world, um, local content tends to be consumed locally. Um, now when I say local, I'm talking about country specific and that, that, that certainly applies to, to Europe and Asia as well. Um, because of the, the language distance and the language difference. Um, English is the language of podcasting uh, globally Um, and countries from all around the world, Todd. And I'm sure you're, I mean, if you look at even the stats of this show or any of the shows, there's uh, people are listening to this all around the world, but shows that are produced in Spain and Spanish are not being listened to all over the world. No. So, um, you know, English is the language of podcasting, but it's not the only language. It's just, it's the dominant language. But I will say this, you know, we're looking at uh, national stuff. As a matter of fact, Angela and I were talking about this last week because we're starting to break down uh, regional data in other countries. Brazil, oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're number two. They're, as, yeah, far as, as far as global, they are number two. I mean, they are like, holy, holy shit. It's like, and in what it, those shows, those shows are Portuguese, you know, so I, I don't speak Portuguese. So they're, that is definitely Brazil only there. There are podcasters that, that even the most yeah junk podcast in Brazil, 50, 60, 70,000 listeners per episode. I mean, wow. massive, massive. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And people have no idea. It's incredible. And well, big- that in Spanish podcasts the same way. Uh, there's some really huge shows that are coming out of Spain that yeah. are just being consumed in, in Spain. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of population too. That's there's, right. you know, there's Mexico, there's Spain, there's other countries around the world that have, have that speak Spanish as well. Um, so, I mean, there's just a large listener base of people that are listening. I mean, I was in, Barcelona, I taught, I think I mentioned this on the show. I was in Barcelona like a year ago and I went to a podcast uh, meetup in, 
in that country. And I kept being told by podcasters there that, uh, there are shows that, um, are 12 hours long. One episode is 12 hours long yep. that gets listened to 30 to 40,000 times each episode. Well, you know, the, I hate to say this, but there are some Brazilian podcasts that would be number one, the number one shows globally. They would, they, they would out, they would blow out some of the, 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 the highest top shows here in the United States. They get no credit for it. Uh, you know, I've, we've got one show, we measure eight, 900,000 downloads per episode, wow. you know? So, you know, it's, people will say what the, you know, everyone's always claiming, oh, you got the biggest show in the podcasting space. Well, they need to see what's going on in Brazil, <laughs> you know? So. You know, I'm glad, and I'm happy for him. I'm glad that they're doing fantastic. But uh, what does that take to get that globally? The rollout? Will a French show ever reach 800,000 downloads? A French-specific show? I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with culture. It, oh, it has a huge amount to do with it. But I think only- podcasting is growing globally right now pretty quickly. Um, it's still probably five years behind what the U.S. is. But, but I think it's it's going to somewhat catch up i don't think it's ever going to get as big as or as popular as it is in the u.s from that exact reason todd it's culture and i think too like i have to always talk to my wife about this in japan and the japanese podcast and there are some actually there's a lot but none of them really get you know they don't have a huge reach and even though the japanese you know most japanese don't even have a computer they just have a mobile phone and um i ask her i'm like why you would think and it's all about the culture. People really, it's just not a culture of sharing. And, um, you know, they're very, very reserved in their, you know, stating an opinion. It's always about being polite. So, you know, you, you find someone that's a radical Japanese that's willing to, you know, lay an opinion out there and be critical. They'll probably have a huge successful show, but it's, you know, they're, they're, they're damned for doing that. It's, it's, uh, it's socially not acceptable. So, that's part of the reason why I think Japanese shows have never really took off. I wonder so. too, if, if you can't get a show that's currently produced in France to go global, but I wonder if you can have like with certain television shows, you know, you take the, you know, America's got talent or the voice, and then you create the local iteration of that show in each market. If that's not how you can see certain yeah. uh, productions spread globally. Was like the, you said, that language barrier, is a, it's a killer. What was the German show that did that? He was doing in German and in English, and he saw some pretty good success. I can't remember the name of that show. Yeah. Oh, top of my head. Hmm. Well, anyway, I, I, I think the space, you know, we're just, I, I'm telling you, it's worth the base. It may be because we're getting bigger, but we're just seeing the number, the number of new people coming on. I'm, I'm actually just, pretty astounded by the number of new shows that are are launching right now so i I think we're in a surge i think january is definitely i'll be excited to see what january total numbers are i mean february total numbers january february growth rates for the you know number of new shows but we'll see if they survive beyond seven too hey i want (laughs) to if you guys don't mind i want to talk a little bit about this conference that was announced by wnyc and uh, there's going to be a Women's Podcast Festival. It's been announced. Work It, W-E-R-K. And it's going to be Work It Festival, W-E-R-K-I-T, festival.com, uh, October 3rd to 5th. And uh, 
the only all-women podcasting festival on the planet. Work It presents workshops, demonstrations, mentoring sessions, and not safe for work conversations about working in the audio and digital media, plus networking opportunities, cocktail parties, and live podcast tapings at the theater at Ace Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Um, and it's going to be a WNYC. There's going to be uh, uh, by the folks behind uh, Radiolab, Freakonomics, uh, Sex and Money, Two Dope Queens, um, all access pass is going to be uh, five hundred bucks. Festival pass four fifty. Uh, podcast boot camp pa- pass one hundred and seventy five. Um, so I don't know if they're going to allow men to attend. I would assume they will, but uh, definitely. There, have you heard? No, something? there's actually. Yeah, I, I read somewhere on the site. There's um, the daytime stuff is women only. Wow. There is there is some events at night. There are live tapings and shows where there's going to be an audience and uh, men will be welcome to come. But they really wanted to make this a women only, you know, safe space for them to uh, discuss uh, the ins and outs of podcasting for themselves. But it's definitely a WNYC. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed that they haven't reached out beyond their network at this point. But right now it looks like a WNYC centric event. And I don't see any place on here where they're taking any sponsorships. So it's kind of a, Rob, what do you think about? I think this is, you know, it's interesting that they're excluding men. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm not a big fan of that. I I think, um, I mean, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. What if uh, uh, the podcast community decided that they were going to create an all-men's podcasting uh, conference? Would that go over very well? I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Uh, I love that. No, you'd be a homo. Well, what what would they label you as? Uh, what is sexist? The term? Oh yeah, you'd be <laughs> sexist. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess I mean I mean not to be negative on it, but that's kind of how it feels. Um, and I'm not saying that uh, that they don't have a right to do it, and they can do it, and and I think more power to women. We definitely, yeah. Todd, you and I have been very supportive of getting. Um, more genders and more nationalities and more races involved in this podcasting community. And we want to support that and reinforce that. And, and I think it's fine really in the bigger picture of things. It just, you know, that was just a quick reaction. <laughs> you know, and I, and I, you know, what it's, you know, definitely helped my team. You look at my team, my team, you know, I got two of my devs are women. Uh, Mackenzie, you know, basically my, you know, right hand arm, or is that the right way to say it? Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I, I think in mean, that perspective is always good because sometimes I'll, you know, I'll come put something in and she like put her twist on. I'm like, mm, I didn't think about that. So I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's good. So we want more women in the space. But, you know, if we go back and talk about what we have in the past. PodCamp was pretty diverse. You know, there was a pretty diverse crowd there. Um, so I think we're yeah. getting good diversity. Yeah, I don't think that there's a big issue. I mean, I mean, Todd, you probably observe the same thing at podcast movement. Yeah. Um, I thought that, uh, boy, the the attendees at that conference and the panelists and mm-hmm. everything. I'd say it's at least forty percent women. Yeah. Um, and I so might be I, wrong. Maybe Dan can tell us sometime. I think Dan's actually on chat. Dan, what was the split? <laughs> What was, oh, he says no men were allowed last year. So then this is his second year event. So Dan, what was your male to female ratio at PodCamp? He's in, he's in the chat room on Facebook. So we'll, we'll find out. I don't think the problem is whether or not there are enough women who are attending other events. 
I think the problem becomes that a lot of, at least some of the women I've spoken to at other events and within the Facebook groups that exist for the podcasting community, a lot of them feel like they are constantly getting mansplained, that they their opinion can often be downsized or marginalized by you know certain personalities, hmm. certain men who don't want to hear from them. So I think it's I think it's great that they are creating a space where they are going to be able to share and talk and express themselves and talk about issues that are important to mm-hmm. women in podcasting specifically because mm-hmm. you know maybe there's a breakout group here and there at some of these conferences but it's it's never talked about and and to your point Rob I think you're right if if somebody were to come out and announce the you know the National Man's Podcasting event that that would probably be poorly received but you know if you were to come up with the Dad's Podcasting event where it is specifically sure. necessary to be yeah. a dad to understand that. I don't think that would have as much of a problem. So it's, I, I see exactly what you're saying where, where you can have that sort of, you know, why do we need this? But I definitely, having spoken to a lot of women about podcasting, I understand why they want to do this, why they should be encouraged to do this. I mean, you know, the she podcast groups, um, yeah. you know, a lot of women talk about that space being a great place for them to talk about stuff and not feel like, their thoughts are marginalized by, by others in the groups there. Um, I was going to bring up, I got an email, mm, you know, we are always looking at, let me find it and I'll name it. Uh, we're always looking at events to sponsor and, uh, there's a elite man conference. <laughs> so there is a men's conference. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I think women are allowed to come to it. So, uh, that's in Boston every year the elite man conference. So yeah, that sounds <laughs> sexist too. Uh, Dan says, uh, 50, 50 on, uh, okay. almost 50, 50 on attendance. So, I, I, I mean, if you think about it from a, just an overall population breakout, I mean, there are more women in the U S than there are men. Um, uh, it's a very small difference, but, um, you know, it's not like that women are in the minority group in this country. If you know what I mean, <laughs> uh, they are, they are in some countries. Yeah, you know, the, the one child policy in China, you know, there was a serious oppression of, of women babies for many, many, many years. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, a lot of uh, bad stuff happening there because parent, you know, there was no man to take care of. The, that's why there's such a huge, well, I mean, that's a whole political thing. It's why there's such a huge <laughs> shortage of, you know, you know, eligible partners, I guess is the better word. Um, well, yeah. And that, that culture tragically just does not value women. Right. Um, Oh, there's not just that culture. No, I know there's plenty around the world that don't, don't do that. And I think, I mean, here in the U S I think, I think, um, that women have made huge strides. Um, and, and, and what's happening in the podcasting space is just, uh, just an example of that. I mean, Todd, you and I remember when this podcasting space started, there was uh, no nine, women involved. 90, 10. Yeah. yeah. 90, 10. And yeah, it was definitely, uh, a big sword fight, you know, it was, it was, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's good. It's good that it, uh, it's changed and. But, you know, I guess, so we'll see. We'll see. It's good for them that they're doing this, uh, this conference, October yeah. 3rd, 5th. And, yep. um, so, okay. And, 
and also is this, I mean, what, what do you guys think? Do you think this is a little bit of a talent recruiting effort on the part of WNYC? Of course. Cause they're going to have, uh, auditions yeah. and everything there. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're looking to, to grow their, their base. I, I'm just surprised it's WNYC that's, I guess that they're, um, pitch a session. Oh, actually maybe not have a session idea. Oh, so they're just pitching sessions right now. So, I think it's also just a recruit more listeners event. You know, a lot yeah, of their maybe. top talent will be there too. Did you even yeah. know we have this show? Check it out. And and of course, whenever you meet someone, you're more likely to check them out and become a fan than if someone just tells <laughs> you, "Oh, I like so and so." But once you shake someone's hand, you you tend to you tend to be their fan. If you guys aren't watching the chat in Facebook, it's pretty hilarious right now. They're suggesting all kinds of. Uh, <laughs> Sessions, you know, fat guy, bald guy sessions, that type of stuff. So, <laughs> uh, oh, poor, poor Ray, he says, I still have hair, though. I can't go to the bald guy one. <laughs> I'm almost yeah. there. I'm close. So, so I wonder what the what the percentage of of hosts of WNYC podcasts are women. I mean, and I also, have we thought about what the percentage of the most the top maybe the top 200 podcasts in the marketplace. Um, now are hosted by women. We'll have to, you know, that's something we'll I mean, have to. It's an to, interesting question. Maybe someone out there will help us go out there and count that up. Um, I know about a year ago, there's a production company up in um, Connecticut. They put out a list of top 10 or top 20 podcasts. They didn't include a single woman on there, a woman led show on there, and they got destroyed. Oh, for yeah. That. They got vilified. Yeah, that was, but, you know, it was, I think someone was just going through and doing a top 20 in iTunes or something and, or maybe uh, yeah 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 it is but um i i still i think like you said i think there are a lot more women in the space and a lot more women who are running their own shows i still think we more of them need to crack that top 50 20 10 um you know so to speak but they're making huge strides and i'm loving it i love it you know i think if i look at my personal show and i do a tech show i'll tell you who's the most vocal on my show are the ladies the lady listeners i have they're, they're the first ones to like blast me um, or send in a comment. I get more social interaction on my show from women than I do guys. And well, you know, more recently. So, um, you know, I know they're listening. It's so, you know, my show I think runs, and I do a you know, purely tech show. I think we run about uh, 70 30. Uh, last demographic survey we did. So, you know, I'm pretty happy with the. With a mix of ladies that listen to the show, so um, I don't know. I will admit, I will admit, I think I need to do a better job. We've had a few really good, strong uh, women podcast service providers uh, talk on Pod to Pod, but um, I will admit, I think I need to find more women who are creating services and technology and different products that will benefit the podcast community to come on. And um, yeah, I, I think- welcome them. I like. I love uh, the podcast brunch club that was started. That's that seems to be getting a lot of traction. Um, you know, and that was started by a woman who I think just had a brilliant idea. And like most good startups, it it was born out of a little bit of selfishness that <laughs> that just caught on with a lot of other people. That just made sense to to a larger population. Right. So I have a question for both of you guys. Are you going to be going on the uh, podcast cruise coming up here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no? I'll let Matthew answer that. His, are you going? I will not be on the podcast cruise. I 
one, I'm I'm moving this month, so I I couldn't if I wanted to. But I I I don't know about these these themed cruises, not just for podcasting, but a lot of different areas of the musicians are putting on cruises and television shows are putting. I I just I don't get it. If I want to go on a cruise, I'm going to go on a cruise. I, I don't need a theme. Well, it's uh, setting sail. I think uh, shortly. So I, if you're not signed up, I think it's too late. Uh, in seven days. It's a, it's a sale. It's actually put on by the same guys that put on podcast movement. Yeah. And, and I had originally thought it was put on by someone else. So once I figured out who was actually putting it on, I, my opinion shifted on it. So if I would have, uh, paid more attention, I probably, I might've actually signed up. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to look at it next year. I don't know. So the chance of getting sick cruise on a cruise is sold out. Oh, it's yes. sold out. Seven wow. days, zero hours and 49 minutes before, uh, they set sail. So we know so, where Jared Easley and Dan Franks are going to be on the 11th. <laughs> That's right. Uh, bon voyage. <laughs> <laughs> Will they have internet? Will they be able to check in on the show uh, from the cruise? Uh, do you want to? You know, when you go on a cruise, you go on vacation, leave this stupid thing at home, you know? or you know leave it in your cabin and only have it during like shore excursions you know don't uh leave that leave the internet you got you sometimes you just gotta pull the plug yeah what is fascinating though is that their speaker lineup never got posted on their website for the event and it's and it's what seven days away yeah um interesting who are Dan's on here? Who's, who's the speakers? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's maybe uh, Dan and Jared are doing all the training. I don't know. I can't believe that though. Well, it, how many? Yeah, people it just are, says that the speakers pe- um, Dan, coming soon. Dan, how many people are going? So he'll he'll let us know he's, what what yeah, his counts are. You know, I, I mean, I hope I hope they have a great time. I just I don't know. I just can't. I've, the few cruises I've been on, I wound up getting sick. So I don't know if I need to be in that atmosphere. And I'll, I'll admit I've never cruised, but the problem is, is I can't just, I, I, you know, I was talking about this with my team the other day, you know, um, to intend all the events that I want to attend and to go and be like, um, a sponsor or exhibitor, you know, it's, it's crazy money, you know, to, to do all that travel and, uh, you know, it's like sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year travel budget. You know, and it, uh, you just, I just can't justify that much money and that time away. And it's just, it's, it's hard to do all these events. So you just kind of got to pick and choose. Rob, I'm sure you're running the same thing. You guys have to weigh which ones you're going to go to, and um, you know how much money it's going to cost if it's going to be in the budget, et cetera, Right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's not cheap to go go to a bunch of events. I mean, I went to a lot more events last year than I I have planned to do this year. Um, and just, it just was the dynamic of the market, um, at the time, right. um, as the radio folks were getting more, more connected, I was going to more, pod, you know, podcasting conference connected to radio yep. this year. There doesn't seem to be too many opportunities on that. And I uh, granted the, the national association of broadcasters conference seems to be doing a half day track on podcasting and, uh, Todd, you, you and I are going to be on the state of podcasting panel at the NAB. Yeah. Um, and then the, and there's another round table, um, opportunity down there too, where we're going to sit in front, uh, or I am anyway going to be matched up with a radio 
person. And we're going to be presenting um, the concept of podcasting to small groups of broadcasters. Um, so it, it'll be an interesting change, but I'm not going to as many radio events this year because a lot of the, the radio people um, are are the ones that are doing all of the panel sessions on podcasting. You know, I made a comment on um, on my website, and uh, or not on my website, but on Facebook, um, and it, and I'm sure I got some people's raised eyeballs, but um, you know, I and and this is this, and first and foremost, I'll just make a statement. I never expect to get a speaking spot in any event that I go to. I I understand that just like anyone else, I have to earn uh, a, a speaking spot. And, you know that's you know that's given. You have to submit your if you've got a good enough one that makes the cut, then uh, uh, then that's great. But when I get irritated uh, about some events is when I'm calling about how do we submit something for an event how do we submit a um, a session and get absolutely no response you know and no communications back and then i get a call by the event organizer that says hey we'd like to have you sponsor and i'm like funny i've been sending you emails on how we can be involved in your event and you never responded but yet you call me for money and then i look on their website and it the speaking lineup is full of what i would term my competition don't expect me to like jump hoops to help you, you know, and, and, and again, all I was asking for is the ability to submit a session, um, not even, so again, it's nothing to do with any of the, nothing to do with PodFest, nothing to do with PodCamp, that's, those aren't the, uh, the culprits here, but, uh, I'm like, you got some pretty big cojones just to, you know, at least let me submit a submission, uh, submit a speaker submission. So, um, you know, I'm not going to, oh, we will have you introduce the session. I'm going to introduce the session that my, <laughs> that my competitor is speaking at. No, it's not going to happen. So, you know, it's, it's tough for vendors too, uh, for conference organizers as well, because, you know, they want to have a good lineup of speakers. But uh, it's it, there's a there's a fine line there. <laughs> I would think they would want to pay attention to who wants to speak because that would be the first person you approach as a sponsor. Uh, if I saw that you wanted to be one of my speakers, I would say, "Oh, we'd love to have you." No, by I, the I, way, I here's think some other. I think it's a good event organizers keep that separated. The sponsorship's one thing, and the speaking parts separate because if they ever look like they're combined, then it looks like it's pay to play, and I don't go to events that are pay to play. I don't, I don't, I'll never sponsor in order to get a speaking spot, you know, and there's an event coming up this fall that I consider to be a pay to play event. I won't sponsor because I, you know, if you ask me to get Rob, you're laughing. I know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah. But I won't do it, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. so I think a good event coordinators keep those two pieces, you know, completely separated. But just yeah. just knowing that you're you're interested in the event should then right. warn them to open up the next conversation. Well, at least allow say, hey, send your submission over here, and then if I talk to another person about sponsorship, that's one thing. But I don't ever expect again. Uh, right. but, 
but like you said, you and Rob, you guys, you can't go to everything. Right. It would be, you know, right. it's impossible. It's cost prohibitive and who has the time. But, you know, the fact that you have said that you want to speak, you have declared, I'm willing to travel for this event. And, and so and I don't right. want to hand that information over to our to our sponsorship team and say, Todd, Todd wants to be there. It's probably someone we could talk to. So, I, well, you know. and yeah, and also Todd and 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 Spreaker and Lipson are sponsoring lots of events. So right, it's right. it's kind of kind of an assumption that we will you know consider it. Right, but I don't feel entitled to it. That's that's the key. I want to make sure that you know people are clear on that because if I submit a a, a session that should be you know it's maybe two or three people submit the same session type and someone's maybe more qualified to speak on a session. And I got to eat my pride. I got to come up with a better session, uh, you know, description or a better, a more innovative uh, talk. So it's on me to be able to submit something that is, you know, that a event coordinator fits into. And you have to look at their events. So you have to say, what are they doing? What are their tracks? What are they, you know, what fits in here and what can I talk to? Sometimes I can't. So um, what, what do you like to talk about most? What's your favorite topic to go out there and, and explore with podcasters? <laughs> My problem is, is the topic I like to talk about most, I can't talk about year after year after year because it becomes a broken record. I'd like to talk about um, a, lo a lot. Right now, my pet peeve is podcasters' websites and how they're ignoring, many podcasters ignore 50% of their potential audience gain and the stuff that they do completely wrong and building their brand. And, you know, that's kind of my pet peeve right now. I've talked about stats for years. And I don't need to talk about stats. That's a thing. It's done. It's over with. We've got great stats. Um, but my big peeve now is why are podcasters shooting themselves in the foot and not having their site a hundred percent open to all device types? You know, everyone's centered around the damn iPhone. They think the iPhone's the only phone that exists on the planet. I go to so many podcasters' sites and you you think they're flipping the bird to Android. I'm like, what are you doing? And that's my pet peeve. That's what I talk about a lot now. Rob, I don't know. What do you talk about a lot now? Well, I I take a little bit of a different approach. Um, I don't I don't necessarily come in with a certain kind of topic. Oftentimes, I just come in to support whatever their their the, the organizer wants to do, and I'll moderate panel sessions. I'll just join a panel uh, talking about a particular topic. Like at Podfest, I'm going to be moderating another panel on local geographically focused podcasts and what the future of that is um, and how that's going to ride along with local radio. Uh, so that's the topic at PodFest. I didn't come up with the topic, though um, I've been getting involved in that topic more often here over the last year or so um, because I think it is at the kind of at the the edge of where podcasting may be going if you look in the next five years. Um um, and it also, because of technology innovations and what's happening um, on that side, I, I do like to try and combine in the technology innovations from a technology perspective in combination with podcasting as much as I can. So I do kind of walk in with that as my, my bigger agenda. But, uh, but usually I just go in and want to support whatever the show or the, um, the event is doing. And if I can moderate a panel to help them with that, then, then it typically opens the door up for me to do, do more with that event. I'll be, uh, looking forward to that local podcasting panel. I'm very interested in that space as well. So 
Matthew, what's your what's your passion right now? Um, well, I am doing some work exploring the local podcasting, but I've been doing a few talks on better recording techniques. I did that at DC Podfest about how to do remote recording um, that sounds better, that works better, that's more reliable. Uh, hopefully my connection to you has been pretty strong so I don't sound stupid in saying that right now. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, (laughs) um, The other one that I really enjoy um, because of Pod to Pod is I love the other podcasting tools that are out there to help promote and market your show and, um, you know, explore that space a little bit. I recently talked to the guy from Wave, uh, W-A-V-V-E, and, um, you know, this, this idea of visualized audio as a, uh, promotional tool. And I know both of you guys have, uh, tools like that, that also help to make, you know, the, the podcasting experience on social more than just an audio player, but something that's really going to catch people's attention and eye. So, um, you know, there's, there's so much good stuff going on podcasting and we, we can very easily get tunneled into just a few things based on what groups we're in, who we follow, who our mentors might be, you know, what's the most on fire thing that, that is going on right now. So, um, I, I really like to explore everything that's out there and, and bring that to people's attention. Uh, Rick is asking me in the chat room to share something about a interview request I had recently. And just so you guys know, I am, uh, I do, I usually book my interviews immediately following the show. I do them at, at noon, um, or 11 o'clock, uh, Pacific time. That's the time I always schedule interviews and I don't do interviews during the week. Um, but the, um, I got a, basically an email and I'm actually doing an interview today, but this isn't the guy I'm talking about. I got a, a request to do an interview this week. And I said, yeah, here's my calendar, you know, figure out where, where you want to slide in. And, uh, in response to that email, I got a, a form that fell out that was <laughs> basically a questionnaire along with information to provide my credit card to be charged $250 to be interviewed. <laughs> Sorry, you're comment about that. <laughs> so I, you know, replied to the guy, um, you know, I don't pay for interviews and, you know, uh, what makes your show special? And, you know, it basically got this response back. I have a big social media presence, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you're, you're, uh, being on the show, yeah, you know, help drive business to you, blah, blah, blah. And I went and looked at his Twitter feed. And I think he, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't impressive at all. Um, you know, in, it was on Facebook and looked at his Facebook profile and he talked about uh, being in the mastermind, talking about developing a new podcast uh, revenue model. And I'm just like, oh, my God. So, you know, I, I sent I actually instead of just telling the guy to fuck off, I, I replied to him nicely and basically said, hey, listen, you know, uh, been in this space a little while. Let me give you some some tips here. <laughs> you know, you got to walk before you can run uh, It's just, you know, some you know, some healthy advice and, um, he didn't respond to my email, but, and I wish him luck in trying to charge people to do interviews. But, um, if I'm reaching out to someone to try to be on their show and if they have a marketing show or something like that, I might expect to get, pay, have to pay to be on there. And, and if it is, then there, it's going to be an agenda driven show and I'm going to market myself and night services on that show. If I don't do those, but if I was, I would expect that. But when someone approaches me or approaches you, you know, and then throws you a form saying, here's the fee to be on my show, it's a little offsetting. I've had this happen twice in 10 years. So uh, it's it's rare. 
Um, but it's probably not a, a good model. <laughs> no, it's not. Rob, have you ever been asked to, to pay to be interviewed? Well, I mean, my experience in this area goes, goes back. Um, I haven't been recently asked to do something like that. I get enough asked just to do free ones that yeah. I, but it's, it's not even that. I mean, I go back, I mean, I was involved a little bit in exploring this concept of, you know, the in-flight audio taught stuff, right, you know, right, right. you know, with the big airlines. Yep. Um, I got sucked up into that at one point. I had a contact, and this was many years ago now, um, where where the in-flight audio people were charging uh, like per show. They were, Big. you know, so I was being being considered to be a host on one of those in-flight channels um, and doing conversations with uh, business leaders and technologists and things like that, and uh, I could earn money from hosting this show um, based on the revenue that came out of the guests paying this company um, to to be on the, the in-flight system and to do do the interview they, they were paying like I think they were paying like over ten thousand dollars yeah um, wow. I've actually been approached to pay to be on a airplane interview before you know so just so you guys know if you ever listen to that uh, online entertainment on the radio, Every interview that's on there, people have paid to be on that interview. You are being uh, marketed to. You're, you're being, being marketed to. Yeah, it's like an advertisement. Is what yeah, it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know that. So, and that's what makes it bad. Is yeah. that people um, and and if podcasters are doing this, um, unfortunately, to be ethical about it, you have to disclose that you were paid to do this right. interview. Because if you don't, then it's it's a little bit of a fraud on your audience, yeah. and that's why I. I didn't wind up doing it uh, just because I felt really uncomfortable because at the time I was doing a lot of free interviews and I was on the radio and on the XM Satellite Radio Network and things like that. And I just didn't want to be have a reputation for doing that kind of program. And, you know, and, and I never turned down an interview. I don't care what sh the, the show size is. And you know, I've never said no. And, you know, I, I look at the show, but I, I, I can't remember in the past 12 years ever saying no to someone. Yeah. You know, so um, you have to get on the schedule and you have to, you know, I'm sorry, you have to deal with my schedule, too. So it it's just the way it is. But um, it, it just it I was a little surprised. And, did you uh, um, did you look at that person's site to see if they disclose whether or not their guests pay to be on? You know, I should go back and look. Let me look. Be curious. And, and, I worked at the, a local radio show. Um, where, you know, they were paying for the time on the station, which is very common in radio to, you know, mm -hmm. you buy the time and then you can sell your own ads that that's fine. Yep. But yep. then she was doing this. She was charging her guests to also be on her show, which yeah. I, I, that's, like I said, that's it, pretty, it, that's pretty common in radio, but, but two things, she wasn't disclosing that on the radio right. that the guests were paying to be there. And then she would have the gall afterwards to tell the guest, oh, you need to do this, 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 and this, you know, put it on Facebook, put it on here. Like, so you're, you're charging me to be on there and then you're not even taking ownership of the marketing. What, what am I paying you for, yeah. for this? Yeah. You know, it, it was a, and she was also just not very good. No, this podcaster <laughs> is not disclosing that on his show, but he's also only got three podcast episodes up too. So. 
<laughs> what does that tell you? He's not <laughs> he's not pulling in the sales, is he, Todd? <laughs> no, no. Might have made seven hundred and fifty dollars, maybe. So anyway, yeah. you know, it's it's you know, it's a new model. It's a new mastermind model. And you know, I, I when I say mastermind, I almost have to go get some mouthwash. I know there's good masterminds out there. I just hate the word. Let's just call it team building or so. Just quit using that word. I just hate it. Does sound know, like a it's evil a, villainous organization. No, in the and, Bond and, movie. and people the that and there's people that run good masterminds. Don't get me wrong. I just hate the word. <laughs> well, it sounds so elitist. You know what I'm saying? And it's so contrary to what podcasting is all about from a cultural perspective. You know, I don't know. It's just, just, it gives me the the shakes when I think about masterminds. I'm I'm totally with you, Todd. Yeah, I, it, it, and it's just the word. I mean, well, yeah. I hate to say it. There's a little history. <laughs> well, so you know, there was a few people that did some things with masterminds that just you know made me throw up in my mouth. But um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> well, to what to what you said, Rob. I mean, yeah, podcasting has turned into this incredible networking tool you know how many how many people listening or who podcast have had the chance to interview and talk to and meet incredible people because they produce their own show but sometimes it's a self great sometimes it's just a group interviewing each other too so that's anyway kind of weird but um it again there are many it's like the comedians it was the same thing for many years with the comedians too right yeah it's like Every comedian had to be everybody else's show. Yeah. It's still to some degree going on. Yeah. And, you know, so podcasters should do their best to go out and find original people to talk to. And, you know, outside, there's, there's, you know, how many people on this planet? My God, you can find all kinds of, and most people like to talk about themselves. So, um, <laughs> hey, um, just, uh, there was one thing. We're almost out of time here. Matter of fact, we're already at 90 minutes. Can you believe it? Um, what was I going to say? I guess it wasn't, it's not important, but, um, you know, I want to make sure, encourage everyone to get over to, to pod to pod at pod to pod.com. They've got a, a newsletter as well. So if you're not on the website every day, you can, you get a weekly, I think it comes out Tuesday, uh, morning. Yep. And, uh, it, I'd be honest with you. I read that one first. There's another newsletter that comes out on Tuesday that I, um, <laughs> I save to later in the day, but, uh, you can everything that's in the newsletters on the website as well. So make sure, and Matthew, you guys have been doing a great job, and it, you started this your podcast as well, right? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, up to about sixteen. I think I just recorded episode seventeen or eighteen last night. That'll come out on Tuesday. Um, and the one thing we're trying to do is make this. I've been working hard with uh, some developers um, to make it so that you know this is a resource for everyone. If you have an event, if you have a service, um, go ahead and put yourself in there. You can submit events. You can submit directory listings. We have the classifieds now where if you need to hire someone or sell some equipment, what, you know, we're, we're not, you know, we're not trying to charge consumers to use this. We're trying to make this resource available to everybody. And, uh, you know, both of you gentlemen have your services listed in the directory and, uh, we probably have most of your events listed in there. At least we definitely did last year. I've been, um, you know, a little busy trying to get things up for this year. But anybody who does something that they think would be of a benefit to the podcast community is welcome to, you know, submit and, and be part of it. 
And just as part of a disclaimer, you guys probably saw the website up. Uh, my company does advertise on the website as a point of disclaimer, but uh, that wasn't a condition of Matthew being on the show today. Actually, we were chatting in your guys' new Slack channel, and we were <laughs> laughing about uh, we all got, got sucked in, and all of us caught it. The uh, There was an article that was reposted from three years ago. <laughs> That's right. I believe I had to come on and apologize. Oh, for the- no, no, there's no need to apologize. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was a little conversation about it in Slack channel. We were all laughing about it. And I said, I just, you know, why don't you come on the show Saturday? So uh, that's how that kind of came in. But I'm glad you were on. It was good input from you. Rob. Uh, well, Todd, if you hadn't seen the article, it was new to you. Right, right, and I, I was all ex- I was all excited because it was some some about you know some show they got an award and it turned out it was from the podcast awards three years ago. I was like, well, that's you know. <laughs> so just a, also just and that probably is a good point to let everyone know the podcast awards website is now under construction, <laughs> and uh, it is the. So is there, there nothing up right now on, it was, on that domain? The old site's nope. up. Uh, oh, it'll, it is. It'll, okay. And it'll, we'll do the swap out and um, a huge, huge paradigm shift for the for the awards this year. So, and we'll go into that when we get closer. But uh, you are a brave man, Todd. I can. Oh, it's that's all I can say. I'm, I'm remo- trying to remove as much. Uh, how should we call it? Drama um, from the event, and uh, we're going to feel it out. And there's going to be a team, so it's not just me. And uh, so that'll. That'll be the important part, but uh, you know it's, but yeah, maybe I yeah go. I, you know, here's the deal, Rob, is we had the we we collected a bunch of money, and I just can't take that money, and so the money's got to be spent to rebuild the site, and we'll we'll get it up. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about selling it, but there was you know it, I just wasn't completely happy with each of the proposals yeah. I got. And, uh, so I, you know, either we refund everyone their cash or, um, rebuild the site. Like we said, we will. So I, I'm rebuilding the site like we said we would and, uh, um, uh, and completely revamping it. So, um, thanks. We'll see what, I hope, hopefully I have it up by May 1st. That's my goal, but I don't know. It, it'll be done when it's done. You know how devs are. So are you still, are you thinking that there might be some physical, Award ceremony? Don't or know. is it just going to be all virtual? Don't know. That, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just thinking about the rebuild and we'll see what, what happens here. Um, again, it's going to be completely changed. There's no more, there's no more voting. Voting's gone. Um, wow. Yeah, well, that's uh, completely gone. So good, Todd. But, I think that was a good move. <laughs> yeah, but I'll be I'll be accused of manipulating it. Don't worry. That that'll come next. <laughs> Comes with the territory, right? Right. Russia is uh, hacking your uh, your voting on that one. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, but at least I could blame it on him. Um, but anyway, all right. So, uh, Matthew, uh, any? How can I reach you? What's the best way? Uh, so I'm basically my name in most places at Matthew Passy, one T M A T H E W P A S S Y and at pod to pod P O D T O P O D on the Twitter, the Facebook on the, on the internets. And, um, I just want to say this has been a lot of fun chatting with the two of you and Rob, we've, we've had you on pod to pod and it was good to chat with you again here. And I look forward to hanging out with both of you at the end of the month down at Podfest. It's going to be cool. Yeah. And you do have the, a, a podcast. I, mean, I don't know if we really mentioned that that uh, you are walking the walk, you know, walking yeah. the talk, or whatever you want to call it. That's the key. 
So, and uh, talk, the, talk in the walk. Yeah, talk, talk in the, the walk. walk. Yeah, or walk in the talk. Yeah. So, uh, Rob, how about you? Oh, as far as finding me, um, I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenley, and that's with two E's. I see in my title bar I have one E, so I could oh. confuse people, but that's okay. Oh, I did screw that up. Wow, you would ah. think your you would think your host would know to fix that. That's all right. It's all right. Yeah, it was actually fine in the the Twitter area below, so I think yeah. people got it. Um, and then I have a website, um, robgreenlee.com, and then I do a live Spreaker show every week at Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern at SpreakerLiveShow.com. And, of course, uh, you can reach me at Geek News or at, of course, my team watches the at Blueberry uh the uh, Twitter feed, and of course, this show has actually does have a Twitter account at NMS Podcast is the name of this show's Twitter feed. A lot of people don't know that, so at NMS Podcast, please follow. And uh, of course, you want to reach out to me, geeknews at gmail.com. Follow my weekly show every Monday and Thursday. Hit a live one on Thursday, so uh, even non techies will like it. So definitely check it out, subscribe to the show. But everyone, thanks for being here. Spread the word on this podcast. We appreciate everyone that is listening. Our numbers are growing. I think we've got uh, close to 6,000 podcasters at this point listening in to, to every episode. So, uh, you know, we'd like to see that number continue to rise, but uh, I'm pretty happy with the, with the growth. Uh, Rob and I just tell it the way it is here. And um, don't be afraid if you're part of a podcasting company to reach out and come on the show. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and we won't beat you up too bad. And actually can defend us if we defend your system if we have bashed you in the past. But, Everyone thanks. Yeah. Everyone thanks for being here. We'll see you next week on the new media show. Everyone take care. Bye bye.